for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. Pleb Underground, live on Spaces. It's about the bee, a hive with old faces. We start a little late, honey, but it's about the bread route. Don't like state money, but my girl's well fed now. For now, this ain't a rap. Just tight this poetry. No need to be a sap. I'm right. This poet C. All the hopium addicts and simps on Twitter. We don't whore our audience. Not pimps can't fritter. Away your earnings or your life's ill hollow. I might spit rhymes, but my wife will swallow. Run a node like raspberry blitz. Spend a little. She likes little glitz. Don't dance like Carlton, but stay at the Ritz. She keeps it tight. It always just fits. Can't rely on luck for scaling Bitcoin. Not in shape, fat fuck, you're ailing Bitcoin. You think you're helping, but you're failing Bitcoin. Plan B, voting act, sailing Bitcoin. Check my post, this ain't mailing Bitcoin. Cry harder bitches, wailing bit, sailing Bitcoin. Check my, my post, this ain't mailing Bitcoin. Cry harder bitches, wailing Bitcoin. Sit around for riches, that's flailing Bitcoin. If you can't make a payment, you're not railing Bitcoin. Welcome. This is Pleb on the Ground, episode 68. Very nice, Walton, very nice. All right, so we've uh, we've gathered we've gathered a whole bunch of uh, we've gathered a bunch of coiners together to talk about. That's right. The title says it's scaling Bitcoin. So Walton, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you had an agenda and you wanted to kick it off with that. I mean, I have an agenda, but you know, not like a spook, right? I'm... Hi, Jane. Uh... <laughs> uh, no, oh she, right? I'm... Hi, Jane. Uh... <laughs> uh, no, oh she left. Good. Fucking spooks everywhere. Eh? Anyway, um, hello to everyone. Um, yeah, so scaling Bitcoin. There's lots of... Uh, the mempool's really clogged, right? So, so to me, uh, this, this, this shows that we have an issue right now um, and we need some scaling solutions, right? We need um, better ways for transactions to be batched such that people can, can make the transfers, make the payments that they need to make. Um, my understanding is that things like CTV could help, um, and unfortunately, my understanding is that things like, like CTV could help, um, and unfortunately, Mr. Ruben couldn't attend tonight, um, but I know, I know Shinobi is quite a fan of CTV. Shinobi, maybe you could tell us a little bit about CTV, and is this something, is this a, a solution that can, can fix everything for us? Well, I wouldn't call any proposed scaling technique a solution in the sense of this fixes everything. Um, it's a matter of how much more scalability do you get when matter of how much more, more scalability do you get when looking at an individual solution. The the reason I like CTV is because it's just the simplest, least complex thing that we have fully fleshed out and designed that could give us another order of magnitude scalability. You know, like one of the big problems that you're seeing right now with all the, the high fees and shenanigans on is Lightning, the most built out and mature scaling solution, is having massive problems because it's becoming prohibitively expensive or just if you don't want to pay a, a quick confirmation fee, taking a lot of time. So just expensive in another way to even owe confirmation fee taking a lot of time, so just expensive in another way, to even open a lightning channel. Um, something like CTV would help alleviate that. Like the part of what CTV does is pretty much just, CTV does is pretty much just, you load a coin into a script, locked to a CTV template, and then once that output is confirmed, 
it's impossible to spend those coins in any other way except the exact transaction that that template defines. And you can chain a lot of them together. So simply by confirming a single output on chain, you can 100% guarantee there is no other way that that coin can be spent except to fan out into multiple transactions and eventually create hundreds or thousands of other outputs that haven't actually been created yet. That's a technique you could use to open massive amounts of lightning channels all at once. And once that first used to open massive amounts of lightning channels all at once, and once that first transaction confirms on chain, you could have thousands of transactions that descend from that, and you can effectively treat them as if they are already confirmed in the blockchain because they it, they 100% will be. It's just a matter of when at that point. And it's it's just a very simple thing. Like it, it doesn't open up a whole door of massive complex functionality with a million different things that it could do that we have to sit and think about. Do any of these things cause negative consequences? Um, are they going to interact badly with other things? It's just dead so are they going to interact badly with other things? It's just dead simple. It guarantees that what you that what you want to confirm in the future is the only thing that can confirm in the future, descending from that initial output. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm a very conservative person when it comes to how much functionality we should add to Bitcoin. To me, it's a no-brainer. Like it doesn't solve the issue. It's not like, yay, Bitcoin scales now and we have nothing else to figure out. Scales now and we have nothing else to figure out or solve for. But it gives us a hell of a lot more headroom than we have now. It's ready. It's fully fleshed out. It's very well understood. It's just the next logical step in my mind. And here is where I can throw a wrench in all of that. You ready? I no. Think, no, yes, yes. I think it's much simpler to look at all of this like as um, exploitation of witness discounts. And um, nature is healing. I've just looked at where we are at. We're at 80 sets per V-byte right now. So we're, we're back into the territory. But I expect, yeah, with ordinals, as long as you can embed this massive amounts of data in the blockchain, really... This was completely unintended, but as long as you can do it, like, there will be a problem. And to me, it seems that discussion should go in the direction of, you know, seeing what we can do to fix that problem. So that's just me. And sorry, yeah, Shinobi, take over, like, seeing what we can do to, to fix that problem. So that's just me. And sorry, yeah, Shinobi, take over, like, throw a wrench in your CTV discussion. I mean, we, we can't. Like you literally cannot <laughs> stop people from putting arbitrary data on the blockchain. It's not possible. All you can do is play and tweak with a little knob that changes how expensive it is. And all you can really yep. do is twist that to the point where it's equally as expensive as other stuff. But that has massive negative consequences for people just using Bitcoin as money. Like the reason the witness discount was created was because it was more expensive to take a bunch of small UTXOs and condense them and spend them to make a payment versus just 
peeling a little bit off of a single UTXO and making more of them. And that has massive negative externalities for every single person out there running a full node that has to validate the blockchain because you can't validate a block without the entire UTXO set. And so that effect is to validate the blockchain because you can't validate a block without the entire UTXO set. And, and so that effectively created a completely screwed incentive situation where the people spending are incentivized to just keep making that UTXO set bigger and bigger and bigger. And people running validating nodes just have to eat shit and bear that cost. The witness discount was created to square that circle, to make it so that it was not so much more expensive to spend multiple small UTXOs versus one big one, that hopefully that incentive does not just exacerbate the validation cost of the network. And yeah, to but... go back and start playing with that again, is just going to be an endless game of, I twist the knob, they do this instead. You twist the knob again, they're just gonna go do this. It is a futile waste of time, development effort, and just attention. Damn, I now wish I don't need to jump off, but you and I will continue this discussion at Chicago BitDevs. I, I really believe that as a developer, when I look at what's intended with Witness Discount, it's what you're saying, but the way it's used, yeah, completely different. Super testnet. Yeah, we've, we've got some time to waste. Let's do some knob twisting. I'd, I'd like to give give it a few turns and see if we can come up with something better. Uh, the good the good old days were back when everyone was. Yeah, we've we've got some time time to waste. Let's do some knob twisting. I'd, I'd like to give give it a few turns and see if we can come up with something better. Uh, the good the good old days were good old days were back when everyone was was worried the UTXO set's going to get so massive and we're just and we we have to do something about it. Well, now the UTXO set's really massive. And it's because some screwed up incentives arose from um, from from the ordinals movement. So let's just uh, let's twist that knob and see if we can get something better uh, out of it than than the value we originally. This episode of Pleb Underground is brought to you by BTC Pins. Check them out at btcpins.com. Use the code Pleb Underground for five percent off. Awesome pins. Here is my awesome pin collection. That's right. There's also a Pleb Underground pin. Ask for it when you place your order, and again, use the code Pleb Underground for five percent off at btcpins.com. He said it too, dude. It's it's like th this is the whole problem. Is now we're we're what and who is just going to start centrally planning and adjusting all these variables, not to just create a abstract alignment but based on specific behavior i don't like this use twist i don't like that use twist like this to me is just a road towards a bureaucratic like this to me is just is just a road towards a bureaucratic political process in charge of what changes happen to bitcoin and other than actually focus on scaling on actually making transactional use of Bitcoin more efficient on the blockchain. It's just a never ending game of whack-a-mole for people to try and stop uses of the blockchain that they don't like. And that inevitably gets bureaucratic. It inevitably gets subjective and political. And that's just a poisonous direction to go in, in my opinion. What's wrong with whack-a-mole? You, you, you act like it's this terrible thing, but I think it's what... What's wrong with whack-a-mole? You, you, you act like it's this terrible thing, but I think it's what, at least in, in some respect, it's what I'm here to do. 
I'm, I'm here to build the best money in the world. And if I have to whack some moles along the way, I'm happy to do it. We're going to go to Yuri in a moment. Um, but I know that Super Testnet is a fan of drive chains. Uh, and I know that Shinobi is not. Um, why is drive chain... I think he's coming around. Uh, okay, well, why... No. Or, may, or maybe, 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 uh, maybe the drive chain isn't the problem, but uh, what is it? Minor escrow is the problem. Uh, but why, why do you think Super Testnet, that something like a drive chain could be a scaling solution, uh, if, if, if that is the case? Um, and, and then maybe we can hear from Shinobi as to why that's not... And, and then maybe we can hear from Shinobi as to why that's not. Um, well, I don't know if it's a scaling solution. It's more like a stop using Bitcoin solution. Uh, Bitcoin's blockchain gets too clogged up with expensive, and it gets too expensive to use. I'm going to go use a drive chain instead. Uh, but the advantage of a drive chain is that I think it's a bit better than current uh, alternatives like uh, like Liquid and Rootstock, where you have to trust a small group of people with um with your money, uh, at least with a drive chain, you'd be trusting um, with your money. Uh, at least, at least with a drive chain, you'd be trusting um, a larger set of people. You'd be trusting the fifty-one percent um, of miners, and I, I think that's an improvement. So that's that's why I want drive chains. But but I don't think it exactly scales Bitcoin. It's more like um, Bitcoin doesn't have to be used for everything. You can use a drive chain instead for a lot of things. Yeah, but like, I disagree fundamentally that miners are magically more decentralized or trustworthy or anything as a custodian. I mean, if you look at Frost and Schnorr signatures and like Blockstream has already rolled out their DynaFed system where a federation can dynamically change membership, like you can already do an incredibly large dynamic federation group without drive chains or miners. And yeah, I just categorically reject the assertion that miners are somehow a more honest or qualified or competent custodian. Like that, that argument just makes no sense to me. Well, I'm not, I'm not asking you to personally use drive chains, my friend. I'm just asking you to twist a little knob. Uh, I'll, I'll let other people do the drive chain stuff. Well, I'm not, I'm not asking you to personally use drive chains, my friend. I'm just asking you to twist a little knob. Uh, I'll, I'll let other people do the drive chain stuff. But that, that assumes that drive chains existing create no negative externalities for anyone else. And that's, again, something I categorically reject. Like the minute you start introducing new variables into mining incentives, you are inherently creating effects for other people, regardless of whether they use that or not. Uh uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm a fan of the uh, of the new incentives uh, drive chain creates. I, I think they're. I think they're good incentives. You think they're bad incentives, and I think that's where our disagreement lies. Yeah, that's and that's great. We're we're still uh, friends. But we're gonna. We're probably gonna get into a fight one of these days, though. But that's okay. Friends fight sometimes. Friendly fire. Yeah, I guess Yuri, though, you've, you've had your hand up for a while. Hello, everyone. Um, so uh, I uh, more or less uh, adjacent to this topic. I have just uh, made a proposition in Bitcoin dev mailing list um, on how to utilize Lamport skin does a mistake with uh, Lamport signature 
leopard skin to um, more easily convey um, transactions in Bitcoin layer one, right? So I mean, with a smaller on-chain footprint. So is there somebody, sorry, let me lower my hand, okay. Okay, so is there someone there too in the Bitcoin Dev mailing list? Uh, have you uh, noticed my my thread? Lower my hand. Okay, okay. So so is there someone there too in the Bitcoin Dev mailing list? Uh, have you uh, noticed my my thread there about Lamport scheme? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I have not, but I am clicking around to look for it right now. <laughs> For, for for those of us that are slightly less technical, maybe we you could give us a little bit of background of uh, Lamport signatures are about and how your your uh, proposal can improve things and how your your uh, proposal proposal can improve things. Yeah, thank you, Walton. And uh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so a Lamport scheme is just a chain of hashes. So you take a, a certain. Um, binary blob, hash it, take this digest, meaning the, the hash of it, hash it, and then, uh, you know, you iterate on that n times, like the hash of the hash of the hash n times. You you have the original uh, blog as a private key, and then the latest one as your public one, yes. And then you authenticate yourself terribly um, by revealing the next unrevealed pre-image, right? The, the next, uh, the, the previous actually, right? The previous uh, in the in the, in the sequence, the previous uh, unrevealing, unrevealed uh, in the sequence. Now, my, my point is this, um, you combine, of course, you can, it's uh, it's uh, reputable, right? Because by definition, if you review your private information, uh, supposedly somebody else can can use it uh, to sign somebody else, something else. So uh, I made a combination of that with um, conventional Bitcoin keys so that you use the conventional keys to open a window of time in which you can uh, use the Lamport in the sequence. So you wait a few blocks to use the conventional keys to open a window of time in which you can uh, use the Lamport in the sequence. The sequence. So you, you wait a few blocks to then reveal and submit the submit the, the 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 previous iteration because then an attacker cannot go back in time, right? And um, bury a, a transaction before you, right? Because your transaction is already a few blocks deep in the blockchain, so it cannot be changed, right? Uh, it will be forever the first one for that key you just revealed and bury it there. And uh, since you all it takes is a you know. Uh, 100 and something bits, not even bytes bits, right? You, you therefore reduced uh, your footprint. Um, the, the conventional signature you issued doesn't need to go to the blockchain. It's you, you, you only used it to give the minor chain. It's you, you, you only used, used it to give the minor a guarantee. So if you default, default if you fail to bury um, the the pre-image in a, in I don't know uh, two days time, right, to protect you from uh, internet outage, 
then the the conventional commitment you signed with the conventional key backs up the miner against you just disappearing or just uh, bearing a bogus uh, transaction in the blockchain. So it then after you finally bury the blockchain, the the conventional commitment, conventional signed commitment is discarded. Right. I, I explained Yuri, that. This may be a stupid question. This may be a yes. stupid question, but can we compare this to Lightning? Because my understanding is with Lightning, you essentially you know you set up a a, a multi-sig, right? And then you can make um, you set up a a, a multi-sig, right? And then you can make um, a bunch of transactions that are essentially that are essentially within uh, a single footprint on the on the, on the blockchain. How, how is how is this different? Good question. Thank you, Walton. Well, uh, my solution is still on chain, right? Um, um, it's compatible to Lightning insofar as you have a commitment that uh, is on the typical case, not buried in the blockchain. It's only buried uh, in case some of the parts default, right? It doesn't, doesn't go along what they promised. So then the miner, in this case, the miner uh, buries the, the transaction that uh, the, the user uh, issued as a guarantee, as a warranty. So, but uh, it's in fact uh, uh, on chain, layer one, right? Uh, whereas Lightning is by definition layer two. Now, of course, it, one thing can be built on top of the other. You can, you could theoretically use that um, uh, as, a, as a layer one over which you build your Lightning scheme. So, yes. And how does this help with scaling? Good question. Again, it's an alternative for layer one, which is cheaper, right? It has a, a lesser, uh, a lower footprint. Eventually, and it has a smaller like number of virtual bytes for the transaction. Is, is that yes. what you're looking at? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, guys, just a brief note. Virtual bytes for the transaction. Is, is that yes. what you're looking at? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, guys, just a brief note. Can, when, can we try and like, switch our mutes on? Because we're getting a bunch of interference when uh, we, we all leave our microphones on. Uh, re really quick, Walton, if I could ask you a question, though. Um, I, I'm not familiar with the concept of a Lamport chain before this, but am I right in reading this that it's effectively a scheme that commits to a transaction ahead of time before actually revealing it? And like there, there's some kind of branching, like conditional that's possible there. Not exactly, because here's the thing. Um, Not exactly, son. Oh, hush that. Let, let me try here. I, I suspect that a meme went on, but I, I don't didn't get the reference anyway. Um, so once you have the sequence of hashes, right? You have a, a certain blob and then the hash of it and then the hash, the hash of it and then the et cetera, three times, four times anyway. So you take the last one, right? You call it your public key. Now, um, you take the hash of this public key together with your plain transaction and then you publish it, right? Together with your plain transaction, right? Meaning plain transaction plus uh, the hash of your public key, meaning a Lamport public key with this uh, 
uh, transaction, okay? Now, how can you convince a miner to, to add it, right? For instance, in its uh, mined uh, Coinbase, right? How could you convince them to, to, to do that for free for you? You, you sign, conventionally sign, a commitment saying, look, if in the space of uh, 48 hours, I don't show up a pre-image, whose hash of hash uh, coincides with this, that you're, uh, you know, pairing uh, now, I, I pay you a fine. I don't show up a pre-image, pre whose hash of hash uh, coincides with this, that you're, uh, you know, pairing uh, now, I, I pay you a fine, okay? I pay you a fine for that. Okay, so then the, the miner accepts that, does not mine the, the, the commitment, okay? Because it's still not necessary. And he will uh, bury the, this uh, transaction. Now, you, why, why is it so? Because you cannot just reveal your private key. Because of course, if you do that, anybody not just reveal your private key because of course if you do that anybody else can use it sign some something else so the signature doesn't make sense it only makes sense because again uh, the property of blockchain that uh, prevents you from undoing the past right so if uh, when when this commitment sorry not commitment this first uh, block right the transaction together with the hash of it with our public key. When that is a few blocks deep, you can assure, right? You can take for granted that it will never change. So then and only then you reveal your private that it will never change. So then and only then, then you reveal your private key. And then everybody can check that the hash of this private key will be a so-called public key that if concatenated with the transaction and hashed will in fact result in the the hash that was um, mined and therefore uh, it's valid so it means that you the owner uh, of the private key was in fact the same person who issued that transaction and therefore the transaction is valid it's authenticated so but then any, anyways all, all this uh, back and forth because you cannot just uh, publish the entire thing so you you have to first publish for free uh, the blog, and then only then only a few blocks later, you you reveal your key. But since this key is much smaller, that uh, compensates because it's really it's really a few bytes uh, long, much less than a trans uh, even a Schnorr uh, you know a signature. You see, so it, it really does make sense. Uh, you, you really have a diminishment, uh, redu sorry, reducement of uh, footprint. Okay, I, I'm still not following the mechanics here, but at least the purpose of this, or like what this is trying to accomplish, is the idea that you effectively try to get miners to include your transactions in their Coinbase, or at least the output of your transaction you want created with a conditional script so that you can effectively try to use the Coinbase transaction as a way to like cut through transactions like you like effectively just move the actual script so that you can, can effectively try to use the coinbase transaction as a way to like cut through transaction transactions like you like effectively just move the actual payment activity into the coinbase and just make sure that that's sound incentivized to do without miners being able to rip you off 
with a commitment to pay the fee to the minor later, it sounds like. So it sounds like what? No, look, um, the Coinbase is just a way to, you know, uh, by to, to accommodate, you know, the need for the, the to, to accommodate, you know, the need for the, the transaction to be temporarily um, mined for free, so to say, right? It's um, not for free because again, eventually you pay. Okay, the point is, uh, you're, you're, you sign a promise that eventually, you know, that you're going to pay later, right? You, and you can, you sign that conventionally, right, with uh, the, the other component of the key. To have a conventional key together with the Lamport key, use the conventional key to say, "Look, uh, the the pre-image that I'm promising will in fact arrive within a few blocks time, and if it doesn't, I pay a fine, and it's conventionally signed." Period. So, uh, and then the miner takes that, accepts that, right? Because he has this warranty. If in the agreed time the the pre-image doesn't show up, then he publishes and executes the fine, right? So uh, nobody is uh, scammed, right? Nobody is uh, harmed, economically injured. Nobody takes a free ride in the blockchain. Um, so harmed, economically injured. Nobody takes a free ride in the blockchain. Um, so again, but uh, everything being done, uh, as expected, then uh, again, all in all, uh, less bytes end up in the blockchain, and the same transaction was still signed, right? So mission accomplished. Yuri, can we can we get us some summary here, just briefly on on the kind of numbers that we're talking about? Like, is this the the the, the transactions that you put? Do they end up being like half the number of? But uh, do they end up being like half the number of? of uh, the number of virtual bytes, like, is is this is this, yeah? What what are the kind of orders of magnitude here that we're talking about in terms of the potential uh, space saving? Um, and do you know? Do, do you, is this something that um, is feasible even in high fee environments? Uh, say maybe we have now. I don't know if you guys can hear Yuri, but uh, I can't hear I can't him. hear him, no. Hello, hello. Okay. There you are. There you are. Thank you. So, uh, thank you, Walton. Uh, again, uh, preliminary calculations, quite about 12 bytes for this um, Leopard pre-image. And then all in all, everything compared uh, up to 26% um, less compared to uh, Schnorr, which is already very lower than uh, ECC, correct? So uh, I call it a win, yes. And uh, also, can that be implemented? Yes, it's you know, just a matter of, uh, it doesn't have to do with uh, how high the fees are. Only, of course, uh, it, you know, it has to be implemented. Yes, it's you know, just a matter of, uh, it doesn't have to do with uh, how high the fees are. Only, of course, uh, it, you know, it has to be observed that it will take a little longer. Um, eventually, you know, by definition, by design, you have to wait a few blocks to do the full cycle, right? You, you send the first block now to zero, you have to wait a few blocks to make sure 
that the probability of that block, first block, be unbearded is very low, is negligible, and then only then you publish your pre-key. So, you know, uh, it's the price you pay to reduce your footprint. But yes, other than that, you know, it's 26% uh, less than even Schnorr, yeah. Than even Schnorr, yeah. Is it possible for you to share um, a tweet uh, into the nest, like share it into this space, um, so that people can can read more, and we'll include it in the the show notes when we when we publish this episode. Uh, thank you, Walton. Yes. Um, look, uh, the only uh, uh, place where I wrote anything about it is in the Bitcoin uh, dev list, but I, I will make sure to. Uh, yeah, I, I will comment here in the in the the space. And then uh, copy and paste, uh, so, and of course, uh, do the, some editing in the text I have been submitting there. So yeah, thank you, by the way, yes. Thank you. Um, I think let's, let's move on from... Yeah, so yeah, thank you, by the way, yes. Thank you. Um, I think let's, let's move on from, from this uh, he heavily technical uh, discussion um, and talk a little bit uh, about the current, the current solutions. Um, there has been increased talk of liquid... Um, over the past few weeks, I don't know how much uh, Blockstream are paying BTC sessions, um, or if they are, but uh, certainly uh, BTC sessions has been one of the promoters of it. Um, uh, in part because people are, you know, what people are wanting to spend Bitcoin in small amounts. Um, you know, they may have, um, they may have a Lightning node, but not necessarily have the liquidity on their Lightning node, and so people have started doing um, a swaps. Right? Um, I don't know if any of our speakers could talk a little bit about the. The, the current use of liquid and is it is it something that helps um i know ben the car man is who's not here tonight unfortunately um it is uh, does not see it as a scaling solution um gentlemen your comments on liquid well it is limited and anytime you swap in and out of anything you're playing with shit i mean he's not wrong in that blockchains don't scale but it is extra block space that doesn't affect the, the main chain. It can be scaled differently and kept cheaper. At a, at a minimum, it offers potentially like a 4x increase effectively of block space if you're willing to trust the Federation. But I mean, I don't see that as a, a long-term solution. I see that as something that might help with like channel uh, liquidity management on Lightning for a while as a stopgap. But long term, um, I, I don't see that as a solution. I see that as something that might help with like like channel uh, liquidity management on Lightning for a while as a stopgap. But long term, um, I, I don't see that as a solution to that. And if you can't. I mean, Tessnet, you, you got any input on that? Yeah, I did. I, I heard a gentleman start to talk, and then I uh, wanted to pause to wait for him to finish, but um, I don't. I, he stopped talking. So, um, yeah, I was going to say that uh, you know, the, the Carmen's point that blockchains don't scale uh, is correct if you only have uh, one of them. But if you have like thousands of blockchains, that scales, and you got then it works because each one of them has like five people on it, and then you're good because you got, got. That sounds no like some shitcoin talk. Super test that. That sounds like some serious shitcoin talk. Well, it would be if they all had different monies on them. 
but I, I, the nice thing about Liquid is that its its currency doesn't compete with Bitcoin because uh, you have to deposit Bitcoins to with the multisig in order to get in order to use it. So uh, you know there's there's a peg there which which I appreciate. Deposit Bitcoins to with with the multisig in order to get in order to use it. So uh, you know there's there's a peg there which which I appreciate. Is is this a roundabout way of saying that you're a supporter of things like Fedimints, which I understand are kind of private liquids? Um, no, but but I will endorse that. I, I am also a fan of um, private uh, groups that, that uh, do that stuff, and I think Ben is too. I think he was like, instead of using Liquid, use a Fediment, because you get the benefits of having a federation without the drawbacks of having a blockchain, which I totally agree with. That is, you know, that's a re that's really good too. At least it's still. We can't hear you, Dad. Oh, yeah, Your signal man. sucks. Uh, if you don't know Tarantula, Tarantula um, is the only the only guest of Pleb Underground um, that joined us live from a liquor store uh, forty five minutes late into the show. Um, uh, as as quite often he's driving, and so um, his signal is cut. Uh, and whilst he's five minutes late into the show, um, uh, as as quite often he's driving, and so um, his signal is cut. Uh, and whilst he is a very funny man, we're not here. a very funny man. We're not here hearing the jokes, so. Um, one of the downsides of both Liquid and Federations is uh, that they're, they're forms of credit. Like if you deposit your Bitcoins with Feddy or with Liquid, um, they give you a credit for that for whatever amount of Bitcoin you gave. And then uh, when you when you get your Bitcoins back later, um, you're just hoping that they fulfill their um, obligation, their, their credit, uh, their debt obligation to you. And um, at least me, I, I think that is a massive, massive drawback of both. And I, I try to find solutions that uh, are, have less less of that those are my, my preferred solutions have none of that but i i don't know about it's really hard to make it to make it so that there's none of that at all well i mean to just get a little abstract for a minute i think the big like focal point of scalability is that blockchains just do not scale enough for everybody to have their own individual utxos is that Blockchains just do not scale enough for everybody to have their own individual UTXOs. Like that, that is just never going to work in terms of ownership, in terms of the ability of transferring that. It's, it's not happening. So the question becomes, how do people share a UTXO? And how do you scale the interactivity required for people to share a UTXO, to have some mechanism to enforce like their ownership of their little sliver of it in a way that's actually safe that somebody can't just come out from under you and snatch it away and nothing you can do about it and that's you know as i've always thought about it kind of the crux of the matter like how do we do that how do we do that safely how do we do that cost effectively and how do we do that in a way where the interactivity between everybody sharing that utxo is a reasonable amount of interaction to ask of a user in order to, to use their money. One of the reasons why um, to, I think things like Liquid are more popular than Fedimins, although maybe that's changing, they, they have been classically. Um, and I, I think it's partly because they have global state. Um, there, there are certain types of uh, contracts, like um, they, they have been classically. Um, and I, th I think it's partly because they have global state. Um, there, there are certain types of 
uh, contracts, like um, financial pooling, where uh, it's useful to have a single address that holds a bunch of money and everyone can like see how much it has and, and make contracts to interact with it. And Liquid has that. Like it has it, the blockchain's global user if it can see and, uh, and interact with. Whereas with something like Fetty, um, you don't, well, the, these current models don't have global state. Um, and you, if you know, one user can't see what another user's balance is, uh, and they can't like send money to an address that is controlled by a smart contract, and they can't like send money to, to an address that is controlled by a smart contract or something. Everything's just controlled by whoever's running the federation. Um, so that kind of makes them less attractive for certain for, for the, the DeFi type stuff than something like Liquid is. And I think that might be part of why, or it might be changing because I think recently Federate, uh, the, the the model of uh, eCash has become more popular. But uh, for a while, it has been true that um, Liquid was even even Liquid with with its nearly zero users was still more popular than eCash for a long time. Two two things. One, I'm pleased to hear that the Super Testnet family sounds like it's scaling. Uh, and secondly. Um, family sounds like it's scaling. Uh, and secondly, um, I think Bitcoin um, seems to solve the, the problem of central banking, right? Um, or re removes the need for central banking. But I think many people in the Bitcoin space, and this is probably a controversial opinion, uh, um, don't recognize that maybe banking, commercial banking, will still and may still need to exist um, in the in the future, and some of these higher level technologies, um, such as liquid or 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 these e-cash mints and things, like are essentially um, banking type solutions on top of Bitcoin. Would you guys agree on this? Sort um, of. I, 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 uh, go ahead. No, sorry. Yeah, you, you go ahead for a super. Banks are uh, something that I try to, to eliminate the need for because they represent a form of trusted third party. And uh, to the extent that you say, perhaps, do I agree that they will be necessary in the future? Um, no, I, I don't think they're necessary now. And, and I don't think they, I, I, if, if they start becoming necessary in the future, then I think they've done something wrong. Um, but I do think they are helpful uh, right, right now. I've met many people, including me, have a bank account and uh, becoming necessary in the future. Then I think they've done something wrong. Um, but I do think they are helpful uh, right right now. I've met many people, including me, have a bank account, and uh, I uh, my my hope is that uh, I can make them less and less um, useful to people. As, as maybe I didn't kind of express this quite cases. right. I, what I mean is, I mean, what I mean more is like if let's say you run, I don't know, you run an eCash Mint for your extended family or for your local community or something like this, rather than it being like a traditional bank, like is. If if it's not possible for everyone in the in the world to own their own UTXOs, whether that's true or not, but if, if that if that is the case, then then how how can we scale Bitcoin to everyone without having uh, localized banks in the form of things like eCash mints? Well, I don't think that they stay local for very long. This is one of the things that I find. I, I, I like the Uncle Jim model uh, of where you run, you try to run a custodial service for your family and friends. But the problem with Uncle, the Uncle Jim model that I don't know how to solve yet is that if Uncle Jim provides a, re, a reliable and useful service for his friends and family, other people who aren't his friends and family that I don't know how to solve yet, yet is that if Uncle Jim provides a, re, a reliable and useful service for his friends and family, other people who aren't his friends and family are going to want to use it too. Like 
Uncle Jim doesn't stay Uncle Jim. He becomes a company uh, through quite a natural process of people saying, oh, this, this works. This is reliable. I'm going to use it too. Uh, and, he, and he grows. And, and he has an incentive to do that because it, it inherently brings, it brings him in a source of income and it's reliable and it's, it's, it's great. Like everyone wants that to happen, uh, except that you know, it introduces trusted third parties. The, the bigger he becomes, um, the, the easier it is for him to rug a lot of people or you know, for, for him to pass on the company or a lot of people or you know, for, for, him, for him to pass on the company or bring in help to help him do it. And then that person, those people's incentives aren't aligned and pretty soon everyone's money is gone. So the Uncle Jim model, I don't know how to solve it yet, um, results in just banks, like big ones. They, they don't stay small. They become big. And I, I would push back a little bit on that. I mean, I, I definitely understand the worry and I'm not going to argue that the dynamic is that on as you describe it but i i would i would think that as long as there is not a very asymmetric leading edge where a very small amount of people are the only ones doing that where a very small amount of people are the only ones doing that or offering those types of services that just sheer market competition would kind of simultaneously like shoehorn the or not shoehorn um like smother the growth of any individual Uncle Jim setup, but also that competitiveness would bring down the fees and revenues. And as they have to compete with each other, it would kind of also smother the incentive for them to try to grow much past whatever point that they make. But like overall, Walton, I mean, if that's the situation we wind up in, that's the situation we wind up in, I would consider that a failure. I mean, like Bitcoin might still survive, it might still exist and be valuable and be something everybody uses in their daily lives. But I would personally consider that scenario a failure. Like we failed, we did not make this into everything it had the potential to be. And I would think that fucking sucks. So what's the solution then? I kind of agree, but I, I, I right now I haven't heard of a better solution. And I think that sucks. Like I... I we, there was there was what is it like uh, middle of the year like arc right now i haven't heard of a better solution and i think that sucks like i i we, there was there was what is it like uh, middle uh, middle of the year like arc was announced um and it sounded like it sounded like oh this could be some amazing solution um like some kind of giant lightning channel for everyone to use i didn't quite understand it um but but there hasn't it was just a paper right there wasn't there wasn't actually code written um yeah what's what's arc all about can it can it do anything is it gonna get built well super i think you should probably take this one well super i think you should probably take this one this one um, I haven't been involved in the art community for quite a, quite a while, but um, I, I have a pretty recent memory of um, uh, a Barack saying that they're they're nearly ready with their with their demo. They're gonna I think they're gonna do it on Liquid first, and uh, try. I think they want to they they want some sort of covenant to be activated on Bitcoin, and it's one that Liquid has. So I think they're building it on Liquid first, and then they're gonna use that as like a a push to activate that that form of covenant uh, software on Bitcoin. So you can do the same thing there. So I, if that, if any of that is accurate, and I assume some of it's not accurate, uh, but if it's, if any of it's, any of that is accurate, and I assume some, some of it's not accurate, uh, but if it's, if any of it's accurate, I look forward to seeing it soon because, um, you know, I, I would, I would like to see the, the working, uh, a working version of Arc, 
um, personally. I, yeah. I also think I know how to build Arc. So at one of these one of these days, that's going to be a priority for me. If they don't get theirs out soon, I'm just going to make it myself. I thought you'd been busy like trying to build like computer games on Bitcoin for some reason. Like, what's that about? Like, oh, that was that was a month ago. That was that was when I was all big on BitVM. You know, every every month I changed to a new to a new thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I have been trying. I did try to build video games. I got computers, but um, it doesn't. It's not powerful enough to run video games. Uh, but yeah. It, that's but why, why do we need do we need this? Like I thought, like wasn't 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 Ethereum, you know, the the mother of all shit coins, meant to be this like, oh, we can put like a computer and everything and all the software on a blockchain? Like why? Why? Like because you can. Yeah, that, uh, I, I'm not I'm not an Ethereum person, so I'm a bad person to ask why put everything on the blockchain. Um, I mean, me neither. I, I've literally never bought a shit. And if you go to fuckshitcoins.com, you can uh, like and subscribe to Love Underground. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, it's just like Bolton. Like we... You can uh, like and subscribe to Love Underground. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, it's just like Bolton. Like we, we need some kind of covenant. We need something. And, you know, <laughs> even if ARC itself is not the thing that works or that scales, like just ARC existing is a design that people can change they can do in different ways they can make different trade-offs but like ultimately like that's the direction we need to go in we need to find ways where more and more people can share we need to find ways where more and more and more people can share control of a single utxo on chain in a way where all of them do not have to be online at the same time when one person wants to do something with their money where they don't have to be online 24-7 all day to make sure that somebody didn't do something fraudulent or pull some trick and sweep their money out from under them when they weren't online. And like that's the direction we have to go in. And it's, it's not something that's going to get solved overnight. I mean, like Lightning has been live since 2018, like five years. And it's been five years since Lightning went live before something like ARC came along with an actual concrete design, like to go here, here's a new way we can do this type of off-chain stuff, like down to the specific title. And you know what? It might be another five years before the next improvement on that happens, but we need title. And you know what? It might be another, be another five years before the next improvement on that happens, but we need to keep trying. Like it's, it's ridiculously silly just because this stuff takes a long time or requires a lot of effort to just say, fuck it and throw our hands up. Like, we'll just use banks now. Like it's silly. Like, let's do what we have to do in the moment to be able to use our Bitcoin now. But that doesn't mean we should stop trying to find better, more scalable, more secure ways to use it. Yeah, I think, you know, we're definitely just, for now, we're going to find out the ideas that don't work. You know, like we, to your point, you know, be like, we don't have a choice but to persist in you. So for now, we're going to. Pleb Underground is brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out at cyphersafe.io. Self-sovereignty is more important than ever with Bitcoin, and you need to make sure that your seed is secure.
Use the Cypher Grid. It comes with this awesome little punch tool. It's virtually indestructible. Check it out at cyphersafe.io. I find out the ideas that don't work and you don't have a choice but to persist in you. So for now, we're going to find out the ideas that don't work and you know continue to have these conversations. Yep. Can ARC be implemented with what we currently have now or do we need things like covenants um i uh, think super would be better to take that one there there is uh there's a version of arc um that i like to call clark because it's covenantless arc and it also reminds me of superman i like uh that you can build today without needing any covenants and uh it's it's got some limitations uh, the biggest one is that there, it seems to me that you can't have very many people in it uh so an arc uh as its name implies is supposed to have uh, well, I guess the arc. I was about to say an arc is supposed to have a lot of people in it. Of course, the actual arc in the Bible did not did not have very many people on it. But it had lots of animals, right? And it's supposed to be able to hold all of our UTXOs. Um, but uh, we are a bunch covenants. of animals. We have lots of animals, right? And it's supposed to be able to hold all of our UTXOs. Um, but uh, we are a bunch covenants. of animals. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. We are a bunch of animals. No, no one, no one better knows that than Mr. Tarantula himself. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 you can build it without covenants, but it, the, at least the version I know how to do would, would only be able to have like probably about a hundred people. I think you could maybe get away with inside the arc. And, and I think Barak's vision is to have like tens of thousands of people in an arc. So, um, but it, it gets really difficult because the thing that the, the issue with it is that, um, when you're, when you're making arc without covenants, every member of the, um, of, of the arc has to like sign some transactions in order to make it uh in order to make sure that they can get their money out and if any one of them refuses to you have to like redo the whole process so if you have 10 if you try to have ten thousand people in one and one of them decides not to co-sign whatever he's supposed to you have to like kick him out but with the remaining ninety-nine thousand people uh so i think that uh, you could probably have like uh, like video game servers do this where they will break up a large group of people into smaller sets and then the the servers that uh, you could probably have like uh, like video game servers do this, where they will break up a large group of people into smaller sets, and then the the servers themselves do some of the coordination. Each one of them, each server, only has to deal with a couple hundred people, uh, and that seems to work for them, where they can get people to like run the same software and produce the same results um, reliably. So maybe we could do a model like that with a covenantless arc, where everyone hooks up to a server uh, in groups of hundred. They they hook up to a server, they co-sign some stuff for their part of the arc, and. I don't know, um, but the limitation I see for doing a covenantless version is that uh, it's really hard to get massive amounts of people to coordinate, and so you have to make it smaller. Uh, and a smaller arc is not as fun. Uh, but but I think you can do it, and I, and I want to. I want to see that happen. Um, but you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll get covenants before I can before I get around to um, having that as my as my next project. Super, will you get on my arc, sir, and and arc with me? Um, Any time, I'll be on your arc. Sir, and arc with me. Any time, I'll be on your arc. You just say this, where, where, and when. This is funny because I, I have a joke, an, an ongoing joke with my buddy Ant, who's who's down in the audience. If you don't know Ant, you should check out timechainstats.com. Um, but but me and Ant have a, an ongoing joke that every every single Twitter space is turns into a shoot your shot space. Um, so Tarantula, can you wait like until a little bit later so you to start hitting on our guests because we are we are trying to have a serious conversation here, mostly. 
I love Zuba. He's my homie. Dad, come on. You're in public, Dad. I'll behave. Yeah, you know, as far as like scaling solutions go, though, I, I think a, a really underappreciated tool in that vein is state chains. Um, if nobody's ever heard of those before, uh, Mercury Wallet. I, I just saw a presentation from from Tom, mm -hmm. who's their CTO in London, a, a few weeks ago. It sounds like very mm -hmm. exciting. My my takeaway from that was that it's a bit like uh, Open Dimes, but virtual Open Dimes. But I'm sure you can explain it a bit better. No, I mean, that's the best simple way to do it. Um, it, it works pretty much kind of just like a lightning channel. You have a multi-sig address on chain um, somebody loads coins into and a pre-signed transaction that the current owner has um, that they can use to submit to the blockchain um, if they ever need to unilaterally um, take control of their funds. But the idea is instead of that multi-sig just being two people's keys, it's actually a single key that you use a multi-party computational protocol for two people to generate half of the key each without any one of them ever having the whole key. And there are similar like MPC protocols that you can use for both of those people to collaborate and produce a signature together with both of those key halves. It's kind of the same way that uh, Schnorr multisig works. But the real neat part is that um, one of those key halves can be held by a server provider. And what they can do when you want to give your state chain or state coin to somebody else, the same way that uh, Schnorr multisig works. But the real neat part is that um, one of those key halves can be, can be held by, by a server provider. And what they can do when you want to give your state chain or state coin to somebody else is that you get the person you want to send it to together. And the three of you go through a protocol where for that exact same key, the service provider and the new person you want to send it to generate two totally new and different shares that add up to the same key. And then the service provider delete their half for the old pair. And in that whole process, the new person signs a new transaction um, that's set up with time locks so that they can now submit theirs to the blockchain before the old person does. And as long as that service provider deletes that share, like you, there's no way for the old owner to ever take it back. Like it's literally impossible for the old owner and that provider to sign for that key. So how much scaling can happen for Bitcoin without being on layer one or any other layer, right? If this is, if this is, if this kind of stuff happens off chain, like, is this a significant way that we can scale Bitcoin or will it, only ever stay local. Well, right now there's kind of a big limitation because you have to have like a decanting time lock where like the original owner of that state chain has a super long time lock before they can use that transaction to claim their coins. And when they transfer it, the person who they transfer it to has a slightly shorter time lock. And then the person they transfer it to has a slightly shorter time lock. And so eventually it gets to a point where the time lock can't get any shorter 
and you have to claim that on chain. Now, if, if we had L2, um, which everybody wants for Lightning, you could use that same mechanism to have an unlimited number of transfers of a state chain. So that instead of using the decrementing time lock, it's just the newest version of the transaction can always override any old ones. And so if we had that, you could transfer a state chain an infinite number of times off chain. But until we have that, it's kind of limited into how many times you can pass it around. So it's better with covenants as, as with most things. Yep. So I think it's um, interesting that you bring up, oh, go ahead, Super. I, I was going to bring up something less interesting, which is which is that all all of the solutions we've talked about are multi-sigs. Like Liquid's a multi-sig. Uh, this is a multi-sig. Lightning's a multi-sig. Everything we propose for scaling Bitcoin ends up being a multi-sig. But uh, you can continue with your more interesting observation. No, <laughs> I don't know that it was more interesting than that. But <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I thought it was interesting that you brought up L2 because I feel like there's not much talk about that. I saw a presentation at the MIT Bitcoin Expo in 2019 from Tajay Drija, I believe, on L2. And obviously ends up being a multi-sig. But, but uh, you can continue with your more interesting observation. No, <laughs> I don't know that it was more interesting than that. But but <laughs> um, but um yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I thought it was interesting that you brought up L2 because I feel like there's not much talk about that. I saw a presentation at the MIT Bitcoin Expo in 2019 from Tajay Drija, I believe, on L2. And obviously, I, I mean, I, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand shit back then. Uh, and I still don't really understand that much more today. But still, uh, my point is, is that we don't really hear, or at least I don't really hear too much talk about it. And I, I don't really understand, is it, uh, is it like a parallel technology to lightning or is it something that we implement you know like within you know within bitcoin that facilitates more functionality within you know bitcoin core and lightning or just lightning does anybody know that well i mean it's it's kind of just a puzzle piece of lightning like lightning is a whole bunch of different things like the multi-sig that people lock their coins in you have HTLC contracts, which are actually used to route payments around. And then you have the penalty keys. And that is how you stop somebody from ever trying to use an old channel state. If they do, you have the magic key and can just take all of their money. L2 is something we can replace the penalty key part with. And instead of some scheme where you have a magic key to take other people's money, you just have a newer version of the transaction. And if anybody ever tries to use an old one, you can just use the new one to hitch on to the end of the, the old one and spend that the correct way it was supposed to be spent. So instead of like penalizing and taking everybody's money, you just replace the dishonest transaction with the honest one. And a real nice side benefit of that is it makes it infinitely easier to do like off-chain systems that have more than two people involved because you no longer have to go through the complex logic of if there's 10 people and somebody submits an old like channel state, it's not like two people. You can't just go, oh, well, he's cheating the one other guy. So let the other guy take all of the money. Like who gets to take how much? Like what is the difference between everybody's balance in that old channel state versus the honest balance of the current one. And trying to figure that all out with a penalty system is a fucking nightmare. 
And with something like L2, where you can just replace the dishonest transaction with an honest one, you, you don't have to even worry about figuring that out. L2 needs a new champion. Uh, CTV's got like six people pushing for it now. And, uh, and APO, or, you know, the, the any prev out. And with some, something like L2, where you can just replace the dishonest transaction with an honest one, you, you don't have to even worry about figuring that out. L2 needs a new champion. Uh, CTV's L2. got like six people pushing for it now. And, uh, and APO, or, you know, the, the any prev out software, no one's really saying, let's do that one next anymore. So someone step up, step up to the plate and be like, yeah, I want, I want this one. Well, the last time I checked on it, like there were still a lot of questions about like mempool pinning attacks and how to solve that. And there's like, I think like three, maybe four different variants of it at this point. It, it's just way more in flux than all the other things. And also it, it's really only useful for like a couple of things like CTV, like there are so many different things you can do with it. It's not just like it's for this one or two things. It's not just like it's, it's for this one or two things. I, I suspect that there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I think there's more than one or two things that you can do with APO uh, from the discussions I've had in the circles I hang around with around with uh, there's, there's lots of ideas for what you can do with it but you, you can do most of those in a more efficient way with CTV <laughs> at least the one that I'm well I'm a, I'm a CTV guy too so we're, we're two CTV fans we need to find someone who's an APO fan to, to come up and tell us why we're wrong is yeah. it APO a recursive covenant also or CTV is non-recursive um, I'm, I'm not worried about any like negative side effects from the recursive aspects of APO. Yeah, it, but it's the, the plugs are. But that is a talking point. It, it, it's pretty, I mean, the mechanism is very different, but it's pretty much the same thing as CTV. Like, you can't just arbitrarily do recursive anything. Like, you have to know ahead of time what you're recursing through and define that ahead of time. Yeah, there's just With a APO? lot of fud around that. Yeah, like the the um the generator point um trick to do the space chain anchor. Like you have to define that ahead of time. It's not like it can just recurse anywhere in any direction. I thought it was super recursing ever all over the place. Shows how much I really? know. Yeah, that's what I thought, but but I don't know. I, I remember a post from Jeremy Rubin where he talked about how to use it for, um, well, emulating some other type of chain that you don't like. <laughs> In his, oh, he, yeah. He assumed that there's a lot that recursion is possible with APO. Um, he, he actually came, I think, like a year or two later and said that he way over blew, like, that possibility. Like, it can only really do, like, the counter function, not, like, the dynamic um, aspect for the withdrawals. Can we, can we talk a little bit about how um, proposals get activated? I've shared a couple of polls up in the nest um, that I ran about 18 months ago about CTV. Um, CTV at the time seemed to poll pretty negatively, um, although even more people said they were under some about, about CTV, whether it was good or bad. Um, and then uh, the second poll, um, I, 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 I think I modified it. It was about a month later. So this is May 2022. 
um, and more people seem to like it. But they're saying, why the rush? The options were love it, like it, but why the rush? Hate it. Uh, and fuck you, Greg, uh, as per the standard of Bitcoin Twitch polls. Um, uh, yeah, like it, but why the rush um, was, was the lead with 37%. Um, is there a problem right now in the Bitcoin uh, space about how new proposals are uh, proposed, championed, uh, and then activated? Um, one uh, troubling um, idea that I heard from um, one of the Bitcoin core maintainers um, when I was at TabConf um, in September was that um, in order to be now in the Bitcoin uh, space about how new proposals are uh, proposed, championed, uh, and, then act uh, and then activated. Um, one uh, troubling um, idea that I heard from um, one of the Bitcoin core maintainers um, when I was at TabConf um, in September was that um, in order to be um, uh, a Bitcoin core dev, you actually have to physically meet one of the maintainers in person. Now, this same maintainer, the next day, he, he, he volu volu volunteered this information to me, but the next day denied it when I asked him about it on a panel. Um, is there a problem right now with, yeah, with, with how uh, new technological improvements are made with Bitcoin, um, how they're championed, um, and, and how they are they are added, gents. How they're championed, um, and, and how they are they are added, gents. Yes, I said a quota for myself that I'll activate six softworks in the year 2023, and I procrastinated on this goal, and now I have to do six softworks in the next like five days or something in order to meet my what, nine nine days. Is that so? Yeah, that's the rush. It's, it's me. I, I've I've got to get all this all done, and uh, and so get on the stick, everyone. We got to activate CTV so that I can meet the quota. Um. Yeah, I th I think there is a huge problem, and that it's a giant fucking shit show and it's it's for a million different reasons like most of the changes that we've activated historically like whether you want to acknowledge it or not were kind of championed and put together by a small group of very competent very influential developers and most of them have kind of stepped back a lot from that influential role like whether it's just wanting to get on with their personal lives whether it's getting sick of like the social politics and toxicity and all that shit. Um, in some cases, um, from what I understand, it's literally feeling regret and like they fucked up because things that have been added to Bitcoin weren't the perfect optimal thing they could have been. And there's really like, that's still just a gaping void in the ecosystem. And I feel like there's a lot of different social dynamics like going on in that, like just hesitance and caution, not being, not wanting to be the one to try to step in and fill that void. I feel like there's a lot of people who were kind of around that group of people and involved in participating with them who want other people to step in and fill that void. And it's just a really weird clusterfuck of a social dynamic. And I, I can't say how things need to change, but something needs want other people to, to step in and fill that void. And it's just a really weird clusterfuck of a social dynamic right now. And I, I can't say how things need to change, but something needs to change.
or things are just going to keep going nowhere and all of the development effort is going to focus on non-consensus things. Yeah, it's funny. When you first come into the Bitcoin space, I think it's easy to think that, oh, this is an industry unlike any other where people are willing to speak their minds and call out people for any sort of bullshit. But the longer you spend in this space, you realize there are the same cliques that people just want to you know, propose things that their friend or I'm not saying that right. People, people, people want to support things because their friends have made it or something like this. And it is all very political. Um, and it's and the, the truth that so many people seem to be you know, adamant about isn't necessarily what comes out because there is all of this sort of political behavior. Like, is, is this the, the biggest, uh, is this an attack on Bitcoin? <laughs> Even no, if it's not, dude, it's a you know, coordinated it's, one. No, dude, it's, it's the fact that human beings are human beings. And no matter how much any person or group of people want to strive to be the perfect person, like we're, we're all still just people. And like, that's just the reality of it. Like there's nothing consciously nefarious in my opinion. It's not like there's some shadowy cabal that's like, ha ha ha, we're going to hold this back or stop this from happening. It, it's just the natural dynamics of people being people and a group of people getting larger and the stakes of what they're doing getting higher. Yeah, it's not the US dollar, you know, an evil cabal of psychopathic freaks. Exactly, Dad. I think uh, I vote for Huddle Tarantula. He can fill the gap. Huddle, you're in charge of activating the next software. All right, pick one and let's do it. Can I just, can I just quote That's Shinobi that. from a couple of weeks ago? Shinobi said, isn't it w kind of weird how right when we're starting to build consensus on CTV or another simple covenant, the never-ending series of news to things to get pissed off and spurge about on Twitter started uh, coming one after another. So uh, it seems that you are in the Yeah, dude, but that, that's not developers. That's not like core developers starting that shit. That, I mean, that's external loop, things. Loops are core developers, Dude, Luke is not Luke coming out of nowhere. Start one after another. So um, it seems that you are in. Yeah, the, dude, the but that, that's not developers. That's not like core developers starting that shit. That, I mean, that's external Luke, things. Luke's a core developer, isn't he? Dude, Luke, Luke is not coming out of nowhere starting any drama at all. Luke is being <laughs> Luke, and Luke has been Luke since he was born. And he's yeah, just always he, he's been not Luke. doing it. He, he... He's not doing anything different. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely par for the course. So uh, it's I'll... like, it's all about op cat eating cats, is what you're saying. Hey, can I get some Bro, the, the meat is so tender. Did we, did we just bring up a cat? Are we, are we on to op cat now? No. The cat is too powerful. Let, let me ask you a couple questions, man. I need some of your guys' expert opinions, guys. So, Go for it. What's your question? All right, so number one. Orville, I have. I, I'm understanding what, what's kind of going on with them vaguely. My question is, I'm trying to send a buddy less than $400 BTC the other day, and it was a $38 fee. Tell me, is this part of the Orville's fucking assholes, or where am I paying $38 fees and I was paying $3 fees? A month Why didn't ago? you use Lightning? Why didn't you Tell me, is this part of the Orville's fucking assholes, or where am I paying... $38 fees, and I was paying $3 fees. A month Why didn't ago. you use Lightning? Why didn't you use Lightning out of interest? Uh, well, honestly, between, I mean, honestly, Walgreens is very simple. 
I keep about four to five grand on uh, Coinbase and another just like a simple, stupid exchange for two reasons. One, I love stealing their money and putting it in my cold wallet. It's so much fun buying from them and just taking it from them to make them produce the coins. Like, I want to see them. I want them to, it's worth a two ninety nine to buy them from them. But I'm just like thinking, okay, casually, it's for a fantasy football league. Nothing, obviously nefarious, as we all know. That's what we do with our Bitcoin, right? We're all nefarious fucking shadowy hackers. But I'm like trying to send somebody some money for some fucking fantasy football. It's a 37 almost a $38 fee. And I, and I, and I literally messaged him back. And I said, bro, can I just Venmo you? He's like, that, dude, I want Bitcoin. And I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you, because I'm going to like, yeah, I'd rather send you Venmo and just buy my own Bitcoin for $38. Like, kind of fill me in here where I'm missing something. So I know you guys know. It's, it doesn't matter if it's ordinals because Bitcoin is designed to have high fees. So but it's inevitable. Ordinals, but aren't the ordinals but it is ordinals. Lost space in trouble, though, that's causing up with these higher fees? Aren't that well, yeah, like, like, inscription like, like, you can do this. Look, you can, you can send him the transaction through a wallet that you can use replaced by a fee, put your low sats uh, fee bytes in there, and then send him the UTXO ID and tell him to pick up his own Slack if he wants it right away. Transaction through a wallet that you can use replaced by a fee, put your low sats uh, fee bytes in there, and then send him the UTXO ID and tell him to pick up his own Slack if he wants it right away. Otherwise, he can wait on the mempool. All right, guys, let's just, let's just put this out here bluntly. Like, if it was an entire European nation state onboarding everybody to Lightning so that their entire economy could run on Bitcoin instead of ordinals that was causing these fees, would you be just as pissed? If it was an on-chain DLC marketplace where whole blocks of nations were trading oil contracts denominated in Bitcoin that were driving fees up this high, would you be just as pissed and self-righteous and saying we have to stop this? If it's if it's not one thing, it's inevitably going to be something else. Like this is an what inescapable. Is. Dynamic. That's exactly right. So it doesn't I matter what that. it is. If you can cry about it, or you can try and build a right. Like it's like something I've been working on as a personal thing. It's like not getting as pissed off with like re- you can try and build a right on it. Right. Like it's like something I've been working on as a personal thing. It's like not getting as pissed off with like retards in traffic. Right. There's retards on the road like fucking everywhere. Right. Like how do you? What do you do about them? Well, you can you can get mad, make fun of them, or, or or you can you can be intelligent and you can move around them, right? And I think this is this is this applies to, this applies to making Bitcoin transactions too. Like you can get mad, or you can try and find better solutions. And if one doesn't exist, then you maybe you need to build one, right? Um, <laughs> the point is, like Bitcoin that. has to scale regardless. If it's a nation, if it's some fucking uh, DGENs who are pumping, you know, the latest fucking Ordinals NFT scam, which is going to pass. People think it's going to last forever. It's just another hype cycle. And people, you know, want to go back and heavily alter the dynamics of, you know, how Bitcoin works. If you want okay. to fix it, get rid of SegWit. So go back, same. take so away this- SegWit, and then, you know, crush every other uh, scripting ability you have in Bitcoin and just, it ruins it. Playing whack-a-mole yeah. is like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fool's errand. Let me ask you one last question then, guys. I want to know your opinion on this one, okay? Because we, we kind of all have a consensus here. So is this trying to squeeze out people that are quote-unquote – because, I mean, most people that are in the Coinbase or the, you know, those kind of, you know, places that, that send, you know, BTC via that way or even buy it, you know, through there. I think they're trying to squeeze them out. I think, I think, I mean, to me, this is what I was told. When I, when I sold – when I had to send $350 I – mean, right at $350 at $38 for a fee, the first thing I thought was, 
Josh, cash out your $1,500, man, and just, like, move it somewhere else, like, or just send it straight to your wallet. Either way, like, this is, I'm getting, is that what, do you, do you, do you guys feel like in a kind of maybe conspiratorial way? I do, trying to I do not, Bitcoin away? I do not think that it is a coordinated effort to squeeze you out of block space. I think it is a result of the market dynamics of limited supply of block space and it being something that uh, people want. Right. Bitcoin, if it didn't have a limited block market, like it wouldn't be a good thing, right? You want you want it to be limited. Some people argue that the blocks are too big. <laughs> I'll make that Bitcoin argument. Blocks are too big. Bitcoin is working as designed. Deal with it. The only option is to optimize scaling. There is no scaling solution. CTV is the best. I'll make that argument. Blocks are too big. Bitcoin is working as designed. Deal with it. The only option is to optimize scaling. There is no scaling solution. CTV is the best option we have right now. Eon, can, can you um, share your opinion on, on why CTV is the best scaling solution? Because it's the simplest. It's written. It's coded out. Jeremy's made tons of uh, demos and, you know, of what it could do, what can it accomplish. I think he made a signet, you know, for people to test it on. That's unfortunately not around anymore, but when he was really pushing it a few years ago, he had made a signet with CTV on it. Um, yeah, so just, what's holding it back? Like, my understanding is people that Jeremy don't kind of doesn't want to champion it anymore. But I haven't really heard anyone speak negatively about CTV for quite a long time. So why, why don't we have CTV right now? Because um, good is not <laughs> enough. It must be perfect because yeah, or at well, some point well, something that could be done better. Like, oh, you get TX hash. Oh, well, this other thing is just you know, it's constantly oh, but but but. Can someone make a website ctvdemos.org or similar where where they collect the the things that you can do with CTV? Like not not just Jeremy Rubin's blog. Well, but he has descriptions oh, of them. Okay. I don't think he has the code that actually like you can run this program. The things that you can do with CTV like not not just Jeremy Rubin's blog. Well, but he has descriptions oh, of them. Okay. I don't think he has the code that actually, like, you can run this program and see what it does. Well, super, here's my problem with that bar. It has literally never in the entire history of Bitcoin development been the bar. Like, even Taproot did not have, they, let, they didn't even have a specification final. Didn't you make Sapio? You can run that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. But like they, they didn't even have a specification finalized for the multi-sig schemes using Schnorr signatures, let alone a comp demo. And so I find it very weird. I find it very based in social political dynamics and not technical dynamics to all of a sudden just after Taproot have that attitude or that bar just completely shift around and go, give me a working piece of code right now before I'll even look at this or consider this. That is never around and go give, give me a working piece of code right now before I'll even look at this or consider this. That is never the bar, even for the most recent that's change not, we just made. But that's not what I'm saying. I, I, I'm already a fan of CTV. I want CTV. I, 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 one of the reasons I want this because I think you can monitor it. And I don't see very many people making those cool things. I, I would like to see them. It's not, I'm not setting at a bar and saying, I won't activate CTV until this thing is done. I just want to see these cool things. Okay, cool. Well, sorry, but like a, a lot of people are setting that bar. And like the reason I find that so ridiculous is like 
part of the the unspoken squabble or like social shit fit that happens in, in the developer community from my perspective as an outsider is people constantly going well i only have so much time how i choose to use it is up to me but like lately there has been this really growing attitude where you spend your time like in this exact way and put in all this massive effort and time to build something that could be a total waste of time before i'll even consider seriously looking at the thing that would make it not a waste of time and i just find that as insulting as people yelling at developers from the outside like do this do that with your time like it's the same thing except it's internal to the developer community and i i find it very frustrating i know a lot of developers who find it very frustrating and i also think it's just very hypocritical I mean, the, the narrative around the CTV and covenants was like, oh, it's going to bring Ethereum complexity into Bitcoin. I mean, that was like the main point. Every, everyone was talking about it. But I heard you one time say, Shinobi, that uh, you can actually uh, limit how much complexity you can implement like CTV with, uh, for example, you can redirect like uh, outputs only one time or something like you cannot do multiple steps. So, so there's that, that kind of constraints on how you you can uh, apply it, I guess, uh, without increasing the complexity of Bitcoin. Like it will retain actually the simplicity, but you know you can do it in a clever way where you have like you impose some constraints on it. Uh, with like how you you can uh, apply apply it, I guess, uh, without increasing the complexity of Bitcoin. Like it will retain it will retain actually the simplicity, but you know, you can do it in a clever way where you have, like, you impose some constraints on it. I, I would like you to expand on that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, like, I, I mean, here, like, I, the simplest possible way that you can conceptualize CTV and what it's capable of is it's literally just pre-signed transactions. Like, CTV cannot do anything that you cannot already do with pre-signed transactions. The big difference though, is with a pre-signed transaction, the key that signed those transactions can always just sign other stuff. Like it, it's not possible to definitively know that that key was deleted, that it doesn't exist anymore, that it can't just pop out of nowhere and sign conflicting transactions and undo everything that the original transaction set committed to. CTV, that is not possible. It is literally enforced by consensus rules that that's not possible. Once you commit to it, you cannot back out of it. And that is stupidly simple, but stupidly powerful, in my opinion, as just a basic primitive in Bitcoin script. Yeah, I agree. I think you can make like this uh, these improvements that um, will not increase the complexity so much. It's just like trivial. It's not even going to increase anything, but it will scale like the uh, other layers. And, uh, you know, I, I find it like really weird that we haven't um, like implemented this already. I mean, I do too. That's why I've been getting kind of feisty lately. <laughs> I wonder if we. I wonder how close Problem. we can get to CTV without a soft fork. 
like you mentioned that the only di the only difference between uh, CTV and signed transactions is that there's there's one key or it, it's effectively as if there's one key that can't sign anything else. I wonder if we could get really close to that using music. Like, what if all these people who are running Raspberry Pi, the only di the only difference between, between uh, CTV and signed transactions is that there's there's one key or it, it's effectively as if there's one key that can't sign anything else. I wonder if we could get really close to that using music. Like, what if all these people who are running Raspberry Pi nodes, Raspberry Pi nodes, were running some software that could take could take a transaction template as input and sign it, and aggregate all of their signatures into one, and then have the software just all delete it deletes their keys. And as long as one person on the set of all the people who are running Raspberry Pi nodes uh, was honest and, and actually ran the software correctly and deleted their key, that that can't change. That the key can't sign anything else because it's gone now. Like you could, you could want, I wonder if you could get pretty close to CTV with that. Uh, Moon Settler's saying but no. That's, Moon Settler, you want to come up more, and tell us why why that's such a bad idea? Well, the interactivity. I mean, you know, like when we were talking earlier about like what scaling is, it's sharing a UTXO with minimal interactivity and maximum security and trying to emulate CTD with pre-signed transactions, you just inherently hit a scaling ceiling because of that interactivity requirement. And it's still kind of trusted. I mean, it's, it's like the same thing of Clark or like trying to do ARC without covenants. Like, yeah, you can do it, but you hit that scaling ceiling at like a fucking logarithmic value of what it could possibly be with CTD. But I don't think a hundred, I mean, I haven't built this, I haven't built Clark yet, but I think I could build Clark with a hundred people. Um, and I think I could build that too. Like it's a CTB emulator with just a hundred people in it. And that might be good enough. Like the, you could probably build all the cool things you can do with CTV without waiting for CTV, just by having this signed transaction key deleter thingy. Uh, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be awesome. I mean, it, it'd be cool, but it doesn't give us the scaling wins that CTV does. It doesn't give the ability for a million people to know that when a single output is confirmed on chain, their money is safe. It's theirs. It's locked into whatever smart contract they locked it into. Like it's not capable of that happening without those people ever having control of that money themselves in the first place. Like everybody could just withdraw from an exchange into one output and you have a 10,000 person channel factory or other pool construct but with a pre-signed transaction emulated version of that, like that just starts getting really screwy with trust assumptions, the on-chain footprint of everybody having to have their coins before they put it that. It's just nowhere near the utility or scalability that CTV is. It, it kind of sounds like one of those solutions um, that, that's like the minimum viable product. And the problem with doing stuff like that is that once it's out in the wild, people to have their coins before they put it put it that it's just nowhere near the utility or scalability that ctv is it, it kind of sounds like one of those solutions um that, that's like the minimum viable product and the problem with doing stuff like that is that once it's out in the stuff like that is that once it's it's out in the wild people just start to build on it like that's the solution right and it's like no that's you know like this wasn't it you know it was supposed to just be this this step but people take it like the whole freaking platform. So yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely a double-edged sword. I want to hear what Moon Settler has to say. I, I've never seen him this, um, this animated. Moon Settler, what's going on? Hello, guys. So no, you can't really emulate CTV with pre-signed transactions. Uh, you can, in a very limited sense, do something similar. But as Shinobi said, it's pretty crap. Uh, 
but uh, but you can do a lot of things uh, with CTV, where you basically just commit to a flow of log scripts, but not a flow of transaction IDs. And you can't do that with pre-signed transactions because malleability just kills that scheme like pretty fucking fast. You actually need covenants for that. So it's not true that you can do everything with pre-signed transactions. You can do similar things and it sucks ass and the backup schemes are horrible, absolutely horrible. And uh, so covenants really just make it less interactive, more easily to be able to someone else beyond any reasonable doubt, you you can just automate it and you don't need any social um, like uh, guarantees or supervision or anything. You, you look at the script and, and your software can tell you that, yeah, there is no other way to spend these coins than to your key. And that's it. And the backup skins can be like a, a billion times better for this. And uh, for example, um, with Darkpool, you can have like a normal seed backup. You would have anyhow, if you hold Bitcoin, and um, and the static template descriptor, um, basically, and um, pool template descriptor, and that is not key material. You can store it as redundantly as you want. It can be public, really. You can ask it uh, anyone to give it to you. Uh, any other member of the pool, you can you can back it up to a thousand places. It doesn't matter. It's not key material. You basically yes, you want. It can be public, really. You can ask it uh, anyone to give it to you. Uh, any other member of the pool, you can you can back it up to a thousand places. It doesn't matter. It's not key material. You basically have the same static backup as you would have with static backup as you would have with on-chain Bitcoin, and and you have uh, a covenant pool. Hopefully, with uh, Chexic from Stack, you you have a covenant pool that is an on-demand uh, channel factory. All interactive channels can be made from it, and, and you basically can use Lightning without making those lightning channels uh, appear on chain ever. Optimistically, again, you can later just, just cut through them and, and not even create them, settle with the, with the pool operator. So yeah, a lot of things you can do with covenants that you can't actually do any, 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 in any comparable way with, with fucking pre-signed transactions. And did I fucking pre-signed transactions? And did I mention like the, the, the whole shit show with the fees, fees, like how, how much pre-signed transactions suck when you have like an unpredictable fee market and, and long live the contracts. Like that's a complete, complete fucking shit show. The city What do you mean fix that? If you do it with CTV instead, do you get rid of the problem where an unpredictable fee market ruins the covenant? I mean, you can, if you check up Darkpool, you can actually use CTV in a way where you don't mind malleability, you don't care about it because you still log the coins into a script flow, but not a transaction ID flow. And it, it still works. Yeah, like super, um, you, you can always commit to a second um like inputs in the index without specifying the input so you can construct ctv trees where any arbitrary input can come in as a second input and pay the fees and it doesn't break any of the the commitments going forward in the tree that sounds a whole lot like any prev out is, is that what that is i mean uh yeah. no similar. it's, it's similar, more, more like more like anybody can pay except you're not able to add another output um, uh, so you can just add like a fee payment. Any any prev out any 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 uh, script. If to add another output. Um, uh, so you can just add like a fee payment. Any any prev out any 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 uh, script. 
if APOS, if you want to say, very similar to CTV. The difference is that CTV can do what APOS does, sort of, in a limited way, and APOS can do in a very limited way, do half of what CTV can do, but it does not actually give you the ability to use it in a way where you can actually predict the transaction ID. So that doesn't exist with APO, as far as I know. But with CTV, you can kind of do both. The difference is with APO as you don't have to specify how many inputs you want to actually spend. With CTV, you always specify how many inputs the contract can have, but I don't think this has like a huge practical impact on, on the, the contract design because don't, don't actually need to like allow for any number of inputs. You're usually just going to allow for one or two inputs. That, that's the most likely. But since you can just create alternative um, uh, script possibilities with with tap script must right? You you can you can actually have like like 10, 15 different number of of inputs if you really want to, and then only use the 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 one that is most likely is going to be used. Uh, but you don't really limit yourself in, in, in a sense that would be tragic. So I would say CTV is, in this sense, is again better than APOS because um, it, it, it gives you more options to what you, what you want to do and kind of can do the same thing if you want. Well, we've got three CTV champions on stage and still no APO champions. This is getting more and more lopsided. We need to get Jack well, up hey, here because I saw the tweet where he was saying that CTV shit. people are either scammers or morons. And... Let's let's not invite. Well, we're actually going to have Jack yeah, on guys, next week's episode. Guys, next do, week do you know episode what sixty-nine is going to be Jackamo, so we'll hear from him then. Do you go yeah, scammers or morons? And... Let's let's not invite. Well, we're actually going to have Jack yeah, on guys, next week's episode. Guys, next week do you know episode sixty-nine is going to be Jackamo, so we'll hear from him then. Do you go, yeah, do you know I, I, like seriously, up? seriously though, guys, let's let's not like devolve this into drama. If you really want to look at the drama, you can go look at my page on Twitter and see the drama. This is a very productive conversation. I think we should keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to mention that what really actually happened and why MVK and and Jacob and a few other people are upset is because Set for Privacy actually likes CTV, and he seems to be. Uh, putting himself to to trying to move this forward and and a lot of people actually keep him counted as a scammer or something like that. I mean, that. Seth privacy is some shit coin that blocked me a long time ago, right? He's okay, okay. So this is guys, right? drama. This is drama done. Yeah. Conversation continue. Why, why do you guys it's always end up to, to judge an It's retarded to judge an entire group of people because there is one person that you don't like in support and not even in the group. It's fucking retarded, and those people should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, see, and this is exactly the type of stuff that causes the the de-evolution, right? And and then we don't end up having, you know, we don't end up having the right types of conversations that should be happening, you know, where we're talking about the trade-offs and, you know, and, like, what's good and what's bad. So, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. But it is, you know, a, like, but it is a Twitter space, so there's that. It is, but still, you know, even if you don't think, you know, where we're talking about the trade-offs and, you know, and like what's good and what's bad. So yeah. like, yeah. This episode of Pleb Underground is brought to you by Represent. Check them out at representltd.com. Use the code Pleb Underground for 10% off awesome threads. They are our clothing sponsor. They made these awesome shirts for our meetup in Miami. Unfortunately, it's not available, but amazing threads just like this are at representltd.com. Uh, absolutely. But it is, you know, like but it is a Twitter space. 
So there's that. It is. But still, you know, even if you don't like somebody, I've listened to plenty of people that I don't like and that don't like me. But if they make a valid argument, like it's a valid argument, like it shouldn't make a difference that. So what? So you don't like the person who cares, you know, the person who cares, you know. Bitcoin doesn't care the human condition. So it should be no surprise. Exactly. CTV doesn't do. But anyway, super. I mean, I, I think it, it should be a little bit social signal to wait that you can find so many people willing to jump on a stage like this and talk about CTV and why we find this so valuable and why we want it. And it's so hard to find somebody to do the same thing with APO. And I say that as like, I, I would like APO. I actually have a couple pet ideas of mine. Like, you know one of them that you also completely independently arrived at yourself that could yeah, really use APO when, when uh, completely independently arrived at yourself that could yeah, really use APO when, when uh, the, the spookiness <laughs> of APO Shinobi what, what about the spookiness of APO you are you are you came to terms with that that it can do drive chain like constructs and stuff like that it, it can do half of drive chains it can't do the whole thing and you still need an actual pegging mechanism but it's, you know, my, my point is like, just because I, I want CTV and I rate CTV as more generally useful as a higher priority, it doesn't mean I don't also want APO. I just think if we're going to prioritize things, I think CTV is much more useful and much more important to get in first. Especially if you combine with checksick from stack and internal key, because then you can do LN symmetry. And CTV is still like a hell of a lot easier to reason about. If, if you want to reason about unintended consequences and unknown unknowns, CTV is just, just like a hundred times. No, no, no. Just too much of the CTV plus stuff. Uh, everyone's saying we're going to give CTV plus check from stack or CTV plus uh, vault or CTV plus whatever. Too much of that. Let's just do, let's, we at least all agree on CTV. Let's get that. Yep. And we can upgrade later to something, something extra. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. really, so if, if you want to like really scale Lightning Network to billions of people and, and them to have like a decent engineering solution with a good user experience and, and, and good freedoms and, and stuff, you're probably going to need CTV plus Jaxic from Stack. Like, it's fine, no but I think it's it. about polling. It's like if you, if you create a poll where it's, um, you can have A plus B or neither, then the people that just want one of them don't get to vote for who just want one. And so you don't get the polling. Uh, you right. actually can activate like different proposals in parallel and they are useful without each other. They are just like a hundred times useful, more useful together. I'm just if saying if the vote is to do both at the same time or no, then you get people saying neither who want only one of them. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I really hope people can grow a brain, but yeah. People can't. I refuse. I will never do that. Then you get people saying neither who want only one of them. Yeah, it's weird. I I, I really hope people can grow a brain, grow a brain, but yeah. People can't. I refuse. I will never do that. I already have one. People follow narratives. <laughs> people follow narratives and follow influencers, and unfortunately, Bitcoin does not establish consensus. Bitcoin preserves consensus, but anytime we want to establish a new consensus, yeah. we're left so, to the old human fucking club. I, I probably going to do like an entire space on how different it would be uh, 
from like an engineering point of view, if you only have CTV and you try to do covenant pools that are connected to the Lightning Network and can interact with it, and 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 if you have checksick from Stack, so that people can can feel the enormous difference and and how little change checksick from Stack is because it, it's literally just a checksick operation where the message is not a transaction sick hash, it's just a message that you put on the Stack. So it really does not add anything very new to Bitcoin uh, in crypto that you put on the stack. So it really does not add anything very new to Bitcoin uh, in cryptography or, or, or behavior. It's just a very slightly modified checksig operation. And it has been active on many, many chains uh, for a very long time. And they did not really have any problems with it. So uh, yeah, I think people would need to listen to the insane difficulty of, of trying to pre-calculate all possible options and, and blocking them with hash locks and, and how the script look like instead of the simple contract that is just much more flexible and actually extensible uh, with Jexic from Stack. It's crazy. It's literally insanity to force developers to try to deal with that instead of activating both. But that's just my opinion, you know. Well, this has been a great conversation, but I want to get going. So thank you all for, for this. Have a great, Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you very much for joining us, Super Christmas. Christmas. Super. Thank you. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. You're all welcome. Yeah. All right, now that the adult is gone, now you guys want to talk shit and get into drama? <laughs> Now it's time to argue about the bullshit. So are we blaming Jeremy Rubin that CTV is not activated then? Yeah, is it's, it's totally going? his fault. He just didn't push hard enough. You know, like everybody gave him shit and he just took it. And it's his fault. Eh, people are people. No. We just need higher fees. That's the only solution. And then people will finally feel the pain. More pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting on uh, a transaction to confirm I submitted that the... Just need higher fees. That's the only solution. And then people will finally feel the pain. More pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm still waiting on uh, a transaction to confirm I submitted that the the 15th. It's been a week now. Oh. That's a V-byte. Fuck it. Let's see what happens, motherfuckers. Yeah, I had a friend that submitted one like two months ago and it's it's still there. I don't care. I'll wait. <laughs> I mean, it's either the, the path of confidence and optimizing, or it's custodial Bitcoin for the poor and then on chain for the rich. That's it. And you want people wonder why Wallace Satoshi got so expensive. Or, so, uh, and you want people wonder why why Wallace Satoshi got so expensive, or so uh, so popular? This is why Lightning one is not user friendly, and two, in a high fee environment, it just it breaks down. Yep, I mean, dude, and like I have been saying this for years. If we do not radically re-engineer Lightning, and a lot of that involves adding new features to the base layer. It's just going to be an extension of the blockchain as a settlement mechanism. It's not going to be a consumer payment network. It's not going to be a micropayment network. It's just going to be the way that people take what they would have just settled on chain 
and make it a little more bearable settling it on they would have just just settled on chain and make it a little more bearable settling it on lightning instead like it's it's still as it is right now it's just another settlement layer and like i've been fucking screaming this for years and everybody oh shinobi stop fighting stop spreading bullshit why are you such a hater And here we are now. I mean, it's, it's the problem with people just following narratives. They were sold that lightning is this panacea and it's, you know, solving, you know, scaling is solved. We have lightning and reality doesn't work like that. Yep. Yeah. I just don't know how to deal with this, this thing because everyone is going to recommend custodial solutions to the people that cry about high fees because it economically makes sense but but that should just not be acceptable it should not be socially acceptable to to capitulate from self-custody so early in 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 this in this thing that is bitcoin like this is fucking bullshit but i don't know how to tell people to like fucking set their stash on fire instead of you know staying in custody and it, it is going to be bad but yeah nothing we can do about it this cycle to a certain extent you're you're looking at you know well over you know like how old is the banking system right like you're looking at you know hundreds of years old of brainwashing and the the fact that human beings just trust third parties so to your point like it's an uphill battle and we're probably some of the first generations in a very long time, right? Where we're actually rethinking personal responsibility, privacy, you know, like being an individual, you know, stuff like that. So it's, man, all we have is time. Like it's going to take, it is going to take time. It'll probably take it at the very yeah. minimum one full generation. I think you've also got the trade-off though about convenience versus value for money and people look at custodial services and say and all we have is time like like it's gonna take it is going to take time it'll probably take it at the very yeah. minimum one full generation I, I think you've also got the trade-off though about convenience versus value for money and people look at custodial services and say well they're more convenient and maybe i get to keep more of my money so they're better value for money now obviously if you're a real bitcoiner you understand that you know the issues are not your keys not your coins but I think there's a whole lot of people, in part driven by some quote-unquote Bitcoin-only exchanges, that now have a whole bunch of uh, UTXOs that you know are like a hundred thousand Sats, and they're sitting around going, "Shit! Like, if I actually want to move uh, my money, I, I might actually have to take a serious percentage cut on on actually how much really is going to be mine." And I think that's a real big problem too, right? Like. Where where is the balance found? I think there are more and more people need to learn about controlling their own UTXOs um, and, and what that means when you have higher fee environments. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe maybe if we had something like uh, I don't know, like a, a solution where you can have like an emergency block extension that that you cannot put like new UTXOs in, you cannot spend new UTXOs and you can only spend like real old ones that you couldn't consolidate or something like that. But even that sounds like insanely complicated and it doesn't really improve the overall robustness of Bitcoin, uh, its ability to, to operate in a hostile regulatory environment and all that shit.
or, or, or like like stay stay coherent uh, in state in a partitioned internet condition. You have all these problems, but when fees run real high and people have this problem of not even knowing if they ever going to be able to move a UTXO because there are no guarantees that fees are coming down. We, we suspect they will come down at one point. I mean, but when fees run real high and people have this problem of not even knowing if they ever going to be able to move a UTXO because there are no guarantees that fees are coming down. We, we suspect they will come down at one point I mean, next bear market, but, but you don't really know for sure. And in this situation, like people are going to be really stressed. And I believe a lot of people are going to capitulate from self-custody and, and from Bitcoin altogether. And literally don't know if at this point we can do anything about it. And that's like real fucking sad. I don't think I'm going to be such a doomer as Moon Settler, but I do, I do think more and more people need to learn as much as they can about, about the trade-offs with the, the different forms of, you know, storing your own Bitcoin. Um, we're going to be wrapping up in, in the not too distant future, but I'm going to invite Cortic up on stage, um, in the not too di distant future, but I'm going to invite Cortic up on stage. Um, Cortic's actually a friend of mine from the Bitcoin clubhouse days. Um, and I want to hear some of his thoughts be before we wrap the things up. Cortic, welcome. Hey, well, <laughs> so what's, what's the moon settler as a developer what is the like why do you want ctv activated is there specific like I mean, what does it solve so ctv can make a lot of things better it, it's like a tool it's like a hammer you can build a ship with it you can build all sort of stuff with it it's a primitive very simple easy to reason about my hope is that we can we can create covenant pools that allow people to share UTXOs without like being uh, subject to the whims of others. Like if you are in custody, the biggest problem with custody and, and the legal system and, and why uh, others, like, like if you are in custody, the biggest problem with custody and, and the legal system and, and why uh, Satoshi tried to create a very different system than those that came before is that those people that you trust can always change the rules unilaterally. They, they just do. That's what politicians do. That's what bankers do. One day you can spend your coin, uh, your money somewhere. The other day they, they, they close your account for it or, or not even give you your money, but say you are under investigation and you just don't have access to your money or what happened to the Canadian trackers, right? They change the rules on you. And, and, and that's, that's like the thing we want to avoid with Bitcoin. It's not just that they can rug you. Maybe they will never rug you. Maybe you are lucky, but they can change the rules and they can tell you what to do and what not to do. And you do not have privacy and all these problems. So we are, we are trying to find the better uh, trade-offs. We are trying to, to figure out how to do covenant pools where people can pool their money. They can do internal coin joins mixing that give them privacy and the ability to interact with the lightning network with uh, these non-interactive channels that don't even have to make it on chain. Optimistically, they don't make it on chain. So we interact with the Lightning Network with uh, these non-interactive channels that don't even have to make it on chain. Optimistically, they don't make it on chain. So imagine Lightning channels that you can make to an LSP and they don't actually have to appear on chain. They can, if there is a dispute pushed on chain, but optimistically, they never go on chain. And that is like huge scaling factor for the Lightning Network, for people to actually you know, own Lightning channels. It, it, it is completely different than, than what currently is going on. 
So that's my hope. And again, whole lot of things like it would be tiresome to to even list them that that can use CTV to to do. I'm not sure if you guys saw the meme where I have some cool new thing and and uh, the <laughs> I can't I can't say it. It's but better, it's like, wait, did somebody make an I made that meme about like transaction hash and all the other shit that are literally just different versions of CTV? Yeah. And all the other shit that are literally just different versions of CTV. Yeah. Because if, if not, I need to make that meme right now. But yeah, I mean, it's said, funny. But... Is there a golden key? What do you mean? Is there, uh, like in Pinocchio, <laughs> is there a covenant you're saying, but is there like a, the key to that covenant that controls all of it by someone? Yeah, you, might, you mean like uh, the varring or something? Yeah. Like a... Uh, labeled set versus unlabeled or controlled I, by some entity. I don't know what the fuck you are talking about, sorry. No, there's no central control to, to covenants. Yeah, no. It's, it's an instruction set in the UPXO. I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if, you use, if you used an oracle, a signing oracle that enforces the covenant rules instead of a real covenant, then you have like a center that can rag you or, or just withhold the signature and, and fuck you that way. But if you do covenants proper, then, then no, you are in full control. Because uh, like I said in the other space, um, people need to get this bullshit about how someone can encumber your coins. Like then, then no, you are in full, full control. Because uh, like I said in the other space, um, people need to get this bullshit about how someone can encumber your coins. Like, if you have a wallet that is an uncalled wallet and you actually trust it, it will generate scripts and addresses for you. And when you give that address to someone and he pays to that address, that address commits to the script, which means it contains all your unlocking conditions that you want. So your wallet specifies the conditions, how the, co the coins can be spent. If someone else sends coins to another address that you requested, then you say, I did not get paid, go fuck yourself. That's the, that's the defense that you have against all this. Imagine if you gave someone a Bitcoin address and he sends the Bitcoins to an entirely different address and tells you that you got paid, you would fucking laugh in his face or, or tell him to go fuck himself. That's what, that's what would happen. And, uh, and basically, that is why this concern is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, the template exists on the receiver side. It's not like the person sending you the code concern is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, the template exists on the receiver side. It's not like the person sending you the coins can send it to you with this nefarious template on it and you're going to be subject to it. It's not how it works at all. It's based on the receiver yeah. and they set the conditions. Yeah, I mean, in legacy Bitcoin script, when Satoshi released Bitcoin, it was a bit weird because in legacy script, you can actually specify the lock conditions in the output part of the transaction, right? This was before, you know, um, the, the pay to script hash type addresses way before uh, people were actually trying to send Bitcoin to IP addresses and all that nonsense that, that we, we now just look at with horror. Like how, how could anyone just came, come up? We now just 
look at, look at with horror. Like how, how could anyone just came, come up with that? So in legal, legacy script, you can technically set the conditions when you, when you log the coins into a new UTXO, but the receiver can still say that this is not what I wanted. I don't accept this as a payment. Please kindly go fuck yourself. So even then, even with legacy script, but with the, the pay to script hash type modern ways where the log script is not actually the concern of the sender, that uh, it is the concern of the wallet that you use as receiver. And you are specifying the script and you are just giving him a hash that, that we call an address because that's what this is generally. Uh, well, in Taproot, it's, it's, a, it's a pub key that is tweaked, but uh, let's not get too much bogged down in technical details. The point is you are, you are giving him an address and that address is committing to all the spending conditions that you wanted. And there is just no way to send Bitcoins to that address in a way that, that you did not agree to or did not request or uh, did not specify. Interesting. So I know, how's, what's the plan to activate that if the BIP9 nobody likes? Yeah, there is a strong resistance to BIP9. I wouldn't say nobody likes because all the actual fucking developers that know what they are talking about, the core developers, they, they actually seem to like BIP9. And uh, a whole lot of people hate BIP9 and uh, they tend to be uh, like uh, less knowledgeable about how Bitcoin works and all that stuff with a few notable exceptions like Luke Dash Jr. who I, I don't think I would ever dare claim he doesn't know what he's talking about because he really knows Bitcoin inside out. So so there are a few people like that but, but most of the times you are going to hear clueless people having a very strong opinion about activation methods and they don't actually know what they are talking about but they have very, very strong opinions and I will respect that. And um, last time we tried the speedy trial and I think now we will try uh, BIP8 with LOT equals true because that seems to be what most people are comfortable with for whatever reason. It does not really make sense on a technical level, but, but uh, like I said, this is more like a philosophical kind of thing that, that seems to be the more acceptable way of activating proposals. Yeah. Are you guys still there? Yeah, we're still oh, yeah. here. We're still here. I'm gonna I'm gonna invite Mars up for maybe the the, the very last question of the space because we've been going for just over two hours now. Um, Mars, are you there? Cheers. The last question for for the the remaining speakers, Mars, is all yours. Oh, there's there was a question. Um, no, I'm asking you if you've got a question. So, um, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for asking. And you? Cheers. Me too. I just got home from the mall. Just drifted in. <laughs> oh, dude, the mall. That's brutal. I've not even yet done any Christmas shopping. I'm, I'm, I've left the gym, so. Uh, um, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for asking. asking. And you? Cheers. Me too. I just got home from the mall. Just drifted in. <laughs> oh, dude, the mall. That's brutal. I've not even yet done any Christmas shopping. I'm, I'm, I've left mine until tomorrow. So uh, wish me luck. Oh, oh yeah, so yeah. you're in for a real treat. 
Well, in my family, we do Secret Santa. So rather than like buying like, you know, one small gift for everyone and everyone ending up with a bunch of shit you don't really want, you just like, you know, have a large budget for one person and then everyone gets something decent. It kind of kind of works. But uh, so, yeah. so everybody just gets a candle? No. Candle or a mug? I can't like candle. Oh, my mic's off. It's a candle. Oh, my mic's off. Sorry, boys. So what's this? What's going on here? Okay, We're so... talking about CTV, then. Yes. All right, I think we're going to wrap it there, guys. It's been it's been a great talk about scaling Bitcoin. Um, I will do another one of these spaces with Phil again very soon. Um, this has been lots of fun. Um, please check out Plug Underground. We're on YouTube. We're on a bunch of audio-only uh, platforms as well. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Fountain, Breeze. Uh, and if you go to fuckshitcoins.com, please like and subscribe. And we will see you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And fuck shit coins. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And fuck, fuck shit coins.